All right, Joe, we are back on the podcast. Where we are helping men to build a lifestyle of putting Christ first. And uh, we've been going through a series, a season of the podcast, where we're talking about um, the virtues of godly character. And I don't know, we're three or four episodes in right now, but uh, I had a conversation earlier this week that uh, reminded me of some things we're going to be talking about. And it, was, it, was, it came up because a, a friend actually uh, proposed a challenge to me, uh, to me and a group of friends. And uh, the challenge was basically this, right? Write down the name of a person who's, who like your desired outcome of your life is their normal everyday lifestyle. So think about, okay. you know, a person who, okay, here's where I want my life to, to, to head. This is the desired outcome I have. And that's their everyday lifestyle. And it can be in, you know, different uh, areas of your life, whether it's financial or career or family life, that kind of thing. But uh and so was, I thought it was a good challenge. And the challenge was to go and, and have, you know, lunch or coffee or, you know, a pint, whatever y'all do in Scotland. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we eat haggis over here. That's what oh, we okay, eat. All right. <laughs> but, but to go sit with them for a little while and to just say, hey, I, I noticed that your everyday lifestyle, you know, it just seems to be normal for you. One of the things that's the desired outcome of my life. How, how did you get there? You know, um, but it did remind me of some of these 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 virtues that we've been talking about, because the men's names who I started to write down. They obviously contained a lot of these godly virtues, uh, things like humility and diligence that we've talked about before. It's very obvious in their life. Um, however, the the virtue we're talking about this week, I felt was like a little sneakier, kind of under the surface. This week, I want us to talk about temperance. And, hmm. and when I started to think about temperance, and is this obvious in the lives of these guys who, who have this desired outcome? It's like, man... I don't know. It seems to be more of a, a sneaky virtue. Uh, but then it hit me, you know, temperance actually is a lot of times easy to spot. It's just easy to spot in people that don't have it. You know, <laughs> so, you, so you look at the lives of like uh, my kids, you know, <laughs> kids a lot of times don't have temperance. I don't know how your kids are, but when my kids have a sleepover, somebody comes to stay the night, um, like they have one aim, they have one goal, and that's to not sleep. They just want, <laughs> they want to go the whole night without sleeping at all. And I live, I'm like, that's so stupid. You're going to be miserable the next day. You're going to be all, you're, you're going to make terrible decisions the next day. You're not, you're going to be worthless. But to a kid, the idea of moderation or temperance when with sleep with your friends is just absurd. And it's obvious that they don't have temperance, but I don't know. Do you find a lot of the same things that temperance being a sneaky virtue and uh, that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not something glamorous. Um, I know there's probably guys listening thinking, what, what do you guys talking about temperance, but you know, it's partly because it's, it's just something that doesn't get a lot of recognition. Um, you know, the guy who, like you said, goes to bed a little bit early and doesn't stay out too late. I mean, that's not something that you really, you know, write a book about. Um, but it's something that that's really important. It's something that I think is, is really countercultural today. Um, I was working with, uh, some of our youth last Sunday night, kind of a youth group. And, um, we were just watching advertisements from TV and listening to a couple of pop songs. It's just funny because like the message in all of these, in fact, it came up with one of these, uh, it was a Diet Coke advertisement at the end, but it said, live your life like it's a party. Mm. And uh, I mean, parties aren't places of temperance. You know, you don't <laughs> try to moderate, you know, your your fun. The whole idea is to maximize your fun. And um, there's nothing wrong with a party. But when you take that idea of a party and use that as the dominant image that you should live your life like it's a party, you're telling people to live life without limits. Mm -hmm. And um, you got, so, I mean, it's partly due to, it doesn't get a lot of 
traction. Um, but it's also, we live in this culture that doesn't like temperance, wants to, you know, push it aside as a, a killjoy. And so we've got to work hard, you know, in this episode and guys need to be thinking, why is it that this is such an important thing? Yeah. And I think that's where we can maybe be most helpful from the get go is giving guys a good, clear working definition of temperance. That's helpful because I think you're right. It does seem when you bring up temperance, honestly, it seems boring. It's it's not that that quality or characteristic that seems uh, you know flashy. Um, I've never you know you, you don't go to a, a retirement party of a guy um, and hear them hear somebody give up you know stand up and give a toast and say, "Man, you were just temperate." You know you yeah. just you, you they say this guy was humble, he was kind, he was patient. But no one gets like, man, you just knew how to stop a party when it got out of hand. You know? <laughs> but so I think it may be helpful for us to say, well, wait a second. What is temperance? Really? Are we are we maybe giving a false definition here? Or is there a clear way that we as Christian men can say, here's temperance and here's why we should aim for it? So help us out there. Yeah. Let's start with what it's not. I mean, again, if 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 you're at all think hear this word and don't know what it is, you might think you've heard of like a temperance movement. You know, in the past, a temperance movement was say when they tried to, you know, abolish all alcohol or something. And so we often think of temperance as abstinence, totally abstaining from something. That's not the case. Um, uh, temperance is a really it's a word for moderation. It's a word for self control. Um, its importance is only seen when you realize that as people. There's a kind of hierarchy of our of our makeup that, you know, we've got a mind, we've got a will. Eventually you get down to what you might call your appetites. There are certain things that we desire and crave. Mm -hmm. And those are often, you know, we desire good things. They become a problem, though, when they begin to become the most important thing. And so uh, when all of a sudden your appetites, whether it's for food, whether it's for sleep, whether it's for entertainment, um, whatever it is, when that becomes like the driving thing, it all of a sudden has the steering wheel and it's got, you know, the its foot on the pedal. Um, mm-hmm. Then life gets out of control. Then you start making bad choices. Then you start neglecting what's most important. And so, you know, all of us, we need a we need a brake pedal. You know, we need something that can slow the momentum of these things. And, and temperance, it's that ability to moderate, you know, your appetite or your desire or a pleasure. And again, to moderate it because there is something more important that you recognize. And so in order to preserve your freedom, in order to be able to enjoy that thing, then you say no to whatever um, that immediate gratification might be. So, you know, I think a brake pedal is a helpful way of thinking about it. That's good. That's helpful. And what I'm hearing you say is this is a good distinction for guys, uh, if I heard you right. Basically moderation on sensible desires. I think a lot of times we think about temperance and it's like, well, it's avoiding the obvious terrible things that we should not do. But I think part of what you were saying is that we have these sensible desires. There is good things, but we need moderation even on those. Is that, is that right? That's right. Um, So, you know, if you're, if you're a guy that, you know, likes to have a drink now and again, um, you know, how, how can you have two drinks, but not need to have like the seven or eight that maybe all the other guys around you are having? What's that ability again to to have self control, and so I think we we had an episode last time about chastity, and it's interesting to think of the difference between chastity and uh, I think temperance because with chastity you're aiming at purity, 
And mm. purity is an infinite value. You're not trying to uh, have a sense of balance with purity. It's not like you want a little bit of purity and a little bit of defilement and you just want it in the right proportion. No, you want to be as holy, as pure as you can be. And so chastity is about that purity. Temperance, though, is about a kind of a balance. It's about a kind of proportion. It's recognizing this is enough. Okay, I've had some joy, but that's, you know, to go beyond that, um, all of a sudden begins to, to create problems. So yeah. I think, again, that ability to use judgment and balance is what we're after. All right. So uh, everything in moderation, right? I've heard this before. Everything in moderation. But here's the thing. It sounds like something my grandmother would say, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is also... Grandma was actually right most of the time. So so I'm going to hand it to her, you know, everything in moderation. Uh, we've heard that from mom, grandma, whatever. Show me this in the Bible, I guess, I, I, because ultimately we're Christian men trying to, you know, obey Christ in everything we do. So I've heard grandma say it before. Show it to me in the Bible uh, so that I as a Christian man can obey it. Yeah. And again, not everything in moderation. I mean, uh, pursue holiness without moderation. Oh, you know, uh, oh you know, good. Okay. Meditate, you know, with no limit. Uh, but 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 certainly with a lot of things, moderation. Well, I think a really helpful passage, um, this is Titus chapter two. I'm going to read from verse 11. It says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, in godly lives in the present age. And again, what's interesting is on the one hand, there are some things that we're meant to altogether renounce. So that's, again, that's abstinence. I mean, we abstain from these things and, and Paul just uses a, you know, a kind of broad word, ungodliness or worldly passions for those things. But then there's a lot of other things in life that are good. These are the things your granny was saying in moderation. Yeah. But, you know, Paul's saying live self-controlled, upright, godly lives. Mm. And, um, you know, this is partly for ourself, um, for our own well-being. But the other reason temperance is important because it's always also about a public witness. Hmm. And that's what this passage goes on to say. It talks about how we're waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of our uh, of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, we're doing it also because we bear witness. And, and guys will know. I mean, that time you were at a party, um, you had too many drinks. You know, you laughed at a joke or you made a joke or you did something awkward and it was a bad witness, you know, mm -hmm. around all the people that that know that you're a Christian. And so, you know, this this temperance, yes, it's about our own well-being, but it's also about the witness that we bear in public um, among other people. Mm, that's good. That's helpful. And yeah, I think it's one of these things when guys see the aim of who they are called to be. And that's part of what we see in the, that verse, right? There's Man, every guy wants to say, I live self-controlled upright and a godly life in this present age man that's a <laughs> isn't that a great aim that's that's yeah. i want that to be the aim a self-controlled upright godly life in this present age but uh yeah that piece of temperance to get there that 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 idea that we're be call, being called to is that temperance that's good anything else from from the bible that you'd want to point out to guys uh to talk about temperance well i think um just even that same verse as you go on it, it ends up saying how um that Jesus has redeemed us from all lawlessness um, and to pursue for himself a people uh, for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Mm. So there's this higher end yeah. being people of good works. That's what Jesus wants us to be. And again, this whole temperance, it's about uh, being in a, in, in shape. It's about being spiritually fit, 
so that we're able to do good works. And so it's almost like, um, you know, a temperance is a handmaiden to other virtues. Like the, the really, in some ways, the higher ones like kindness and, uh, you know, being a servant. Uh, those are the ones that get rightly so more, um, more applause. But if you don't have temperance, you're never going to be able to be kind mm. because, you know, maybe you're going to be so absorbed with television that you don't even realize the need of your neighbor who's uh, next door. That's good. That's good. All right. I, I want to throw at you some things that I, I I think would be right in me saying, here's the kind of stuff that guys who are pursuing temperance are saying. All right. And I want you to kind of interact with those. So I'm going to give you what I've heard some guys saying, the kind of guys that I believe are living that sneaky virtue of temperance. Yeah. Here's one of them. I'm okay with being behind. And what I have in mind here is I, I hear some guys say, you know what, I'm okay with being behind on all the latest TV series. I'm okay with being behind as far as like, I may not see every football game this season. Uh, I'm okay with being behind on some of the news. I'm not going to see every news clip that's out there. I'm not going to see every social media post. I'm going to be behind. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Is that, is that temperance? I think it is. I think this is a virtue that affects things we might be surprised to think of. So yeah, take sports. Um, you know, nothing wrong with loving, you know, football, you know, you watch a game, but we all know that there are those guys that like they're on fantasy, you know, websites all the time. And they can tell you the statistics of like every player in entire league. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you think about the amount of time that's been invested in football, what have they not gotten done that last week that they might've. And that is a kind of, it's a kind of a gluttony, for sports. And, um, you know, you can have a gluttony for, for news information and, and need to know everything um, in order to somehow feel like you're, you know, on top of it. Um, so, yeah, the, the willingness to miss out. We all know about, you know, fear of missing out, but like that ability to miss out on what's not that important because there are things that are important. Um, that's why this is so important. Yes. Yes. All right. Here's another one. Um, I don't want to be addicted. Right. This is uh, this is stuff that somebody who is pursuing temperance, they would say, you know what? I recognize that I can be addicted. I don't want to be addicted. So I'm going to pursue temperance. Yeah. Uh, I think we, we we're more aware these days of the way that, you know, repeated have have or patterns of action, you know, create loops in the mind and that you can be addicted, not just to like substances, but just about anything that's mm -hmm. pleasure inducing. Um and so I think, you know, with temperance, I think part of what we realize is whenever you give in to a pleasure, mm -hmm. if we're honest, you're giving up a little bit of freedom because you increase that appetite. And so if you're going to repeatedly indulge, it's not just that you're, you know, just uh, getting the the joy of, of eating another piece of chocolate cake. You're becoming a person who needs more sugar in mm -hmm. your system. And so that's going to make you less free to say no in the future. And so there's this sense of you realize there's more at stake with these moment by moment choices. You know, every time I pick up my phone because it pings um, again, I'm not just checking my feed. I'm making myself into someone who's addicted to, you know, a social media feed. Um, so who do you want to be? And if you want to be free then you've got to think about self-control. Yeah, I, I think we've got to realize, you know, our our default 
is is to maximize pleasure. You know, that's yeah. it's a lot of ways what we want to, our default is just to maximize pleasure. And so if we're not careful, what we do is just give in immediately, you know, when we see a desire for pleasure. Uh, but so I think we've got to take time to uh, ask ourselves, you know, okay, if I restrain myself from this yeah. pleasure, what will it free me up to do? You know, what yeah, what would it free me up to do if I restrain myself from this? Because we are going to default to maximizing pleasure. I think just that simple reflection there would be helpful for guys to say, wait, there are more important things that I want to be freed up to do that, you know, I'm going to have to forego this default of, of pleasure here. So here's another one uh, that I that I hear guys saying that I think are pursuing temperance. They just simply say, I'm confident to face the day. Uh, or maybe another way to say it is, you know what? I'm ready for action. I'm ready. I'm ready for right. action confident to face whatever it is that, that today brings. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, if you believe that, uh, that in a sense, every day is filled with challenges. Um, mm-hmm. and if we're Christians that there's actual spiritual warfare, um, and that there's unseen opposition, then, um, if you imagine, I mean, anybody, I think, I think I can say this, if, if, you know, if you and I, if we were actually, if it was like world war two and we know that, you know, tomorrow we're going to go hit the line and, um, we're going to be seeing live combat. You know, I don't think I'd be wanting to get drunk the night before that. I mean, I think I'd want all my faculties um, ready. I think athletes, when they know there's a big game, um, most of them, they try to sleep. They try to be ready. Um, and there's this sense that temperance is this recognition that, um, that I've got to be fit for battle. Mm. I've got to be clear in my mind. I have to not be addicted to pleasure. Um, I have to be able to prioritize what's most important. And so... Um, yeah, that that it's the same mindset that, I mean, if you just think of certain businessmen, um, you know, as they go into say a negotiation or if they're going to a, a dinner, you know, certain certain guys, you know, they don't drink in those places because they want to be able to be as clear minded as possible for that conversation. It's too important um, just to have a martini or two and then all of a sudden, you know, have a slip of the tongue. So, you know, if even people who aren't spiritual can recognize the importance of temperance. Those of us that are Christians walking into spiritual warfare, we should see the value of this. Yeah. So I want to help guys get to temperance and p- kind of point them towards how do we begin to be that guy who's, yeah, goes into these situations and is ready to face action, who's who's saying, okay, I, I want to be sober minded and and ready for the challenges that I will face today. So I want us to kind of talk about how do guys begin to get there? How do you begin to pursue temperance? But uh, I want to first kind of point out to guys, and maybe I'm wrong here, you can correct me, but I think that one of the things with Christian men in particular is we're actually really good at temperance, better at temperance than that we may realize it's just that a lot of times we're we're good at temperance in some of the wrong areas of life. So when we t- start talking about moderation and stuff, you know, we're really good at moderating our church attendance. You know, we're, <laughs> we're, we're really good at moderating when it comes to generosity, moderation, yeah. you know, evangelism. I'm going to practice self restraint. You know, I'm going to maybe temperance is, is key. So I think we have to be a little self reflective as Christian men. And notice the areas of our life in which we are practicing temperance, but then just begin to flip some of those and be like, wait, 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 what, what is the good that I'm pursuing in life? What am I truly, you know, practicing moderation on? And is that really the things that I want to practice moderation on or, or not? So I don't know. I guess the how would you get get a guy on the path to pursuing temperance? Where would you start him? Yeah. 
Well, I'm just going to say, I'm talking to Christian men. I'm talking to men who, um, you know, have the spirit of God, you know, at work in their lives and the grace of God is available to them. So, you know, with that uh, backdrop, temperance is something that we can practice. Um, so let's just take the guy who uh, is stressed out at the end of the day. Um, he's got uh, kids who are, you know, wanting his attention and he feels like he needs three or four drinks just to be able to settle down at night and relax. Well, his opportunity is just to begin to drink less, you know, <laughs> put a cap on it. Every mm-hmm. time that you yeah. say no, I have the desire for another one. I'm going to say no for that uh, because, again, I realize that this has got a greater foothold than I want in my life. Or, again, you're sitting in front of the television. Um, you're continuing to watch. When you turn it off, that's an act of temperance. And these these virtues, they are like muscles, assuming, again, that we've got the grace of God operating in us, that we can practice and grow stronger in. But every moment, it's that moment-by-moment realization, you're either giving up a little freedom or you're freeing yourself up to pursue what's really good. Mm. What do you want? And to see the opportunity and uh, make it the, make the choice accordingly. Let me let me push back a little bit uh, from from what I think some of the guys may be thinking, and that's well, does that mean that there's never any time for feasting? For you know, mm-hmm. is there never any time for being the guy at a party or whatever? You know, I, and obviously we don't want to take too extremes there. But does that mean we are just boring people? <laughs> I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I don't think that's the case. I think. Um, I think the Bible is wonderful because even if, you know, the Old Testament, you look at the the calendar of Israel and, you know, there were festivals and there were times of, you know, great celebration. And so, you know, we can have those, but we've got to realize we live in a culture that that wants that every night. Like the ideal existence, if just listen to, again, pop music, you know, would be to, to every night to be a Saturday night. And um, that's not the recipe for a, a godly life. And so... um I think for most men living in modern culture, the real threat is not boredom. The real threat is just, you know, being total license and in, in giving in. And so, yes, by all means, there are seasons to really celebrate. However, just realize the current and that we're going to have to resist it if we're going to pursue godliness. Yeah, I think one good way to approach some of this is, uh, you know, I challenge guys to make a list of the good about all of the things that maybe they're struggling in moderation within their life. So in other words, there are good uses of TV, right? There, there can right. be good ways to consume TV. So it's not like we want to say, you know, you need to be that guy that completely cuts out everything. No, no, no. Let, let's take time to reflect on the good. Use. What are the good ways to enjoy these things? And then begin to set your life up in such a way that you pursue the good in each of these things and not yeah. just unmeasured, you know, uh, just a, you know, constant consumption uh, that hasn't even thought through, wait, is this really a a good and helpful use? Is this pursuing the better? So I I don't know, even just taking time to say, man, what are the good uses of my phone? I can't cut my phone out of my life, but what what are the good ways that I can use my phone? And let me just double down on those and then limit the rest. Uh, So I think even that approach, I don't know, what, what else would you tell guys? Is there anything else you'd say, man, if you want to pursue temperance, here's here's a good way to get started. I think, you know, one of the things we talk a lot about with, with cross training is this idea of thresholds. Um, and it's just, it's a simple device um, uh, by which, uh, you know, men can begin um, to, 
give some parameters. Um, so, you know, to have a, to have a threshold to realize, like you said, it's a good TV can be a good thing. Uh, what does it look like in my life for it to be a good thing? And how can I measure that? How can it be concrete enough to where it's not just some abstract thing? And so, um, you know, this is a first step toward temperance to be able to say something like, um, I'm going to let myself play, you know, a couple of hours of video games, you know, on a Saturday. Um, but on a Tuesday, that's maybe not the time that I need to be playing video games. Uh, there's something else. And so I'd encourage guys to look into what we talk about with with thresholds and see if that's not a useful device. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good a good place to to wrap up the conversation because that's that's a clear step that honestly we've seen work in the lives of men as we've done work with cross training. One of the most helpful things I've seen for guys as they are trying to build a lifestyle of putting Christ first, identifying personal thresholds. Here's where I'm at am in this season of my life, and here's the thresholds I need to set in these different areas of my life so that I'm freed up to be the kind of man I really want to be. Uh, That list of personal thresholds really is gold. It's really, really helpful, uh, not only to take time to to think about and and establish them, but then taking a step further to to give it to a a friend and say, hey, here's here's how I want to live. Here's kind of my personal rule of life. And, uh, you know, would you join me in that? And, you know, would you hold me accountable to that? Those kind of conversations are the kind of conversations that guys who are successful at living a, a life of temper, uh, temperance and guys who are successful ultimately at building that lifestyle of putting Christ first. Um, that's the things you do. And it may sound boring, make a list of your personal thresholds, but honestly, it's gold, guys. So actually what I'll do, I'll leave, I'll leave a, a link in the show notes to uh, a list that I use personally of uh, some thresholds that I give out to guys as kind of, of a step one when I start doing cross training with them. And uh, if you haven't yet identified some personal thresholds in your life, take that, download that list and begin to fill it out and exchange it with a friend. Uh, I think one thing we've got to realize as men, uh, when we start, when we think about temperance, just to leave you with, we got to be honest with ourselves, you know, be honest with yourself. You don't want to be that guy who gives in to gluttony on everything in his life. Like that's just not the guy you want to be. You don't want to be that guy. So if that's true, then you're going to have to practice temperance. You're going to have to identify some some personal thresholds and you're going to have to have somebody that's walking alongside you, holding you accountable to that and encouraging you to have that lifestyle of putting Christ first. Uh, so y'all try that out and uh, join us again next week. We're going to talk more about some of the virtues of godly character. <laughs>